Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, Armor Insiders. Welcome to the Armor Report Week in Review. Insiders and everybody else joining me on a Saturday, thank you for spending time um, in the middle of your Saturday to get yourself ready for the trading session, ready for investing next week. We're going to go, as we always do, over some of the action last week and then what we think is going to happen going forward and how we're going to um, attack the situation. This is, you know, the Armor Investing Way is a virtual hedge fund. And what we're doing here is sharing information in these three essential stages, okay? So we're going to be building our whiteboard, talking about fundamental research. We're going to be executing with our, um, with our uh, algorithms, and we're going to share with you our strategic entry and exit points in the market. Then we're going to, of course, use risk management rules to protect ourselves from ourselves. That's the armor investing way. I call it a virtual hedge fund because we're all sharing information together on the trading desk live every day. And if you want to join us, um, feel free to, you know, certainly subscribe down here to the YouTube channel, but also you can subscribe to the Armor Report, armorreport.com, A-R-M-R-Report.com. If you enjoy this conversation, go ahead and share it with others. Um, Okay. Don't forget what I'm going to share with you today. We're going to go through three um, distinct phases of this conversation, and then we're going to get to the Q&A. But when I share these thoughts with you, this is how I run my own personal capital. So you got to make your own decisions, do your own due diligence, uh, and all those types of things. The first part of this conversation we want to talk about is armor education. And I want to go over with you what are the similarities between stocks like MSOS, the Cannabis ETF, Roadblocks, Unity, Cloudflare, you know, um, any of the uranium stocks you want to look at, what are the similarities of those stocks? Because something's going to come out of that look, and it might be a hard look, okay? Obviously, the similarity is not as simple as they all crashed. That's not the point. I want to look at those stocks, and I want to share with you one particular thought that's very important um, when it comes to managing capital. So we're going to go over that real quick. We'll call that armor education. Then we're going to hop into our portfolio. What does the portfolio look like right now? And what will the changes be next week? Then we're going to round it out with, I always like to do a quick segment on how do we use the Armour Report to make money? There's a lot of noise out there, a lot of information. But at the end of the day, when I'm in your position and I'm watching a a conversation like this, I just want to know how do I take the information and make money? So we're going to go over an aspect of, what, when, and if we're going to set up investing shorts. Okay, so we'll talk about that. Then I'll get to your Q&A. So um, let's dive right in. We're going to start with uh, armor education. Okay. Before I hop into those particular stocks, the first thing I want to do is I want to show you this. Okay. I'm going to take this down. What we're going to do is show you this, okay? I always like to start my um, thought process with a big picture of the market. So we've been talking about this for a while, right? Head and shoulders top. This is the S&P ETF, SPY. This is the breakdown of a head and shoulders top. If you want to know the worst case scenario of where this is headed, all you have to do is look at the ARC funds, okay? So the ARC funds are here, and you can see ARC Innovator has gone all the way up, and then giving it all back. So now ARC is all the way down at the lows of 2020, right? So I start the conversation today with with that look, just so you understand the type of market we're in, okay? Now what I want to do is look at a couple of chart patterns, and they're going to be cringeworthy. But I found over the, you know, the 30-plus years of investing that it's great to look at my successes and try to replicate them, but it's very important to recognize a particular situation and ask yourself, how do I avoid this next time? All right, some of you are trapped in these names. There's not a single Armour Insider trapped in these names. I hope, I hope, right? I mean, 
We exited all of these names before they collapsed. Okay? We haven't lost money in these names. In fact, some of these names we booked profits in before they imploded. But not everybody's in that position. And I want you to understand this morning, I've been in the position you may be in. Okay? You might be trapped in some of these names. I've been doing this over 30 years. Believe me, I've blown up my portfolio more than once. Okay? The key coming out of that each time, there's two keys really. Number one, you have to divorce yourself from the emotion you feel now. Put that behind you and start making the right decisions starting Monday. Okay? Don't look back. Don't beat yourself up. It's already happened. The question for you is, what happens next? Will you start making the right choices? Okay, hopefully the arm report is going to help you do that. That's, that's one thing. But the other key issue is, how do I avoid doing this the next time? And I've got the answer for you. Okay, let's look at these charts real quick. Okay. We all, we all know what they look like, right? Here's MSOS, just total implosion. Now, you think maybe I'm going to go over chart patterns and tell you, well, look at this chart pattern. This was obvious. You should have been out. No, that's not what I'm going to say. Okay? Here's Unity. What? And there's, there, are armor out, there are armor insiders out there right now watching this show, and I think you know what the answer is to my question of what is similar about all of these stocks. CCJ, Upstart, okay, any of the uranium names, okay? Hey, how about Newmont Mining? Let's put on Newmont Mining. What is similar about all of these stocks? How about Cloudflare? You know, total implosion, right? How about CrowdStrike? All right, you get the point, and I'm going to answer the question right now. What's similar about all of those stocks? There's an armor out, an insider out there right now who could call in and answer. I bet you'd have the answer, but I'll share it for everybody. Ready? Every single one of these ideas resided on the armor whiteboard at one time or another. Every idea. Every idea that I just went over with you, at one point or another, I thought was a wonderful fundamental idea. Okay? I can't impress upon you enough the importance of these essential three stages. Stage one is the whiteboard. Okay? Fundamental research. Fundamental research does not mean that the stock has to go up. This is something that Kathy Wood, unfortunately, doesn't understand. Fundamental research and our opinion of what the stock and the company potential is, is only one piece of a three essential stage process. Okay, so the next stage was to use algorithms to get long these stocks. Guess what? We did. What's similar about all those stocks? We've owned them at, at one time in our portfolio. Some of those positions we made money on. We booked a profit on CCJ, right? We booked a profit on um, Newmont, okay? We actually, over the last three years, have made money in the cannabis space. I know it's hard to believe, but that's because we trade it correctly, okay? But the last couple of entries into MSOS, we've lost money. So what's the key to protecting capital, it's stage three right here, okay? It's stage three. And this is what I wanted to share with you guys today from an armor you know, education point of view. Perhaps the most important point of how we run money is the risk management strategy. So what's similar about all those names is that I thought they were great fundamentals. That didn't help because they've all imploded. So my, my opinion doesn't matter at the end of the day. I'll tell you why in a minute, okay? Number two, we used algorithms to get long, right? Some of which we made money on, some we didn't. But the only difference 
between the Arbor report and the fact that our balanced portfolio is up for the year while Tiger Global is down 44%, and there's a whole host of other hedge funds getting destroyed, and a lot of individual investors, unfortunately, okay? The only difference, the separator, is stage three of the armor investing way, and that is risk management rules. Using stop losses, not forcing our will on the market, recognizing when something's going wrong, And protecting capital first. And if you want graphic representation of why that's the most important point of running capital, like that's what you're doing, right? We're, we're all, this is a virtual hedge fund, okay? So at a real hedge fund, might be a billion dollar hedge fund, that's the capital, right? And then there's going to be a number of money managers, traders sitting on the desk, and they're all going to get allocated 100 million each. They're going to execute their, pro, their process. They're going to have a P&L, okay? At our virtual hedge fund, you bring the capital, right? But we all sit together doing the same thing, sharing information, using algorithms, and then using risk management rules to protect ourselves. And this is the reason why, graphically. Take a look at this chart. Take a long, hard look at this chart. Gains required to fully recover from a loss. Your portfolio, this is the easiest one right here, drops 50%. It has to increase 100% to break even. I share this with you today, and I know some of you may be underwater right now, and you may be losing money. Okay? I get it. I've been there. I've been you. Okay? And you can rise from the ashes. You can do it. I've had to do it over my career, unfortunately, more times than I'd like to share with you. Out of all that, out of all that pain and suffering has come the Armour Report, a way to manage capital, capture upside when possible, but focus on protecting capital first. And the reason for that is right there in this chart. Because when you have a problem and your portfolio drops 50%, you need a 100% increase just to break even. Okay? So, wrapping up that quick segment, I just wanted you all to understand the importance of risk management. If you are buried, it's, it's okay. You'll be able to come out of it. Just start making the right decisions Monday morning. Start executing correctly, even if your portfolio is diminished. Start fresh. Sometimes that means lifting everything out of the portfolio. You know, the quickest way to stop, you know, to get yourself out of a hole, right, is to stop digging. And sometimes that's the decision I've made over my life. I've said, that's it. I'm out, 100% cash now. I don't care. I'm going to take the losses. Guess what? They're capped. They're, they're tax losses. I can use them in the future. And then I'll start putting money back to work in a methodical fashion, following the strategy, executing correctly. And once I begin doing that, my net worth will start to grow again, and I'll have learned from this experience. There's an inertia of that decision, right? Because I know people are like, well, geez, if I sell everything today and the whole market skyrockets tomorrow, I'm going to feel like an idiot. This has got nothing to do with your feelings about being an idiot, okay? <laughs> you probably already have beat yourself up about that because the net worth of your portfolio is down. That's not the point. It's about investing correctly, making the right decisions from here going forward. You harvest your tax losses, and then you start putting capital to work. You know? And there's many easy ways to do that. I mean, you could, you could be out of individual stocks, but if you wanted to, turn around and buy an ETF that represents those stocks. You've harvested your tax losses, boom, you're buying the ETF. It's okay. There's many different ways to do it. So anyway, those are my thoughts um, when it comes to education for today. Um, armor portfolio changes. Let's go over the portfolio changes. First thing I want to look at is um, 
let's dive right in and look at uh, VIX. Okay, so some of you know that we've been trading VIX uh, recently. And of course, you can't look at the long-term chart of VIX. And I like to trade, oops, woo, sorry about that. I like to trade VIXY, but you can trade anything, okay? So this type of parabolic move that's, you know, kind of um, um, really exciting that we all want to try to hop on on VIX, th this only happens when something really unforeseen occurs, like a pandemic, and people, you know, panic. That's usually right near the bottom of a, a particular move, right? This, this happened, then the Fed came in to support the market, then we had a massive bull market, okay? So what we're going through right now is a little bit different, and I wanted to let you guys know that we are not holding VIX overnight anymore, okay? So for a while in there, and you can see that green box right there, we, we bought VIX and we were holding it overnight, we were trading, we, we made some real good money trading it on the way up. But on Thursday, we closed out our position. So we had no position Friday morning as the market gapped up and VIX gapped down. And we actually closed out our position Thursday morning. So VIX gapped up Thursday morning. When we booked our profit, we were done with VIX. And so I just wanted to share with you real quick, um, these are my intentions with VIX. If VIX breaks out of that pattern to the upside, that means to me that the parabolic move has started, and I don't care if I miss day one, but I'll get on days two, three, four, and whatever, okay? I'll also buy VIX back and hold it in the portfolio if it gets to the bottom of the channel. So if we're down here, we'll long and hold it again. And if we break out of the top of this range, we'll start holding it again. Otherwise, we're not going to be holding VIX in a portfolio right now. So our portfolio at the moment is like 95% cash. I mean, it depends on what portfolio you look at, right? We have four portfolios, index only, where we only own those seven key indexes. 100% cash has been since April 11th. That was the day we went risk monitor red. So the index only portfolio follows the risk monitor. It's red, newsflash, nothing's going to change that red signal right now. Um, I know, uh, you know, I almost feel like, the market's not going to bottom until uh, I stop getting direct messages on Twitter about every time the market's up, is this the beginning of the uptrend, okay? So the market had this tiny up day after just getting crushed. They had an up day Friday, and you can see down here, this is the volume down here. So you can see there was no volume on the rally, right? This was like the lowest volume bar of the week. That is an absolutely classic Sell puts into the weekend rally, right? When you have a big down week, a lot of people have made money in puts. They end up dumping puts. It started 3 o'clock on Thursday. Grab a pen and piece of paper. Write this down. Don't forget it. If you go back and look at VIX, even during the Vomageddon explosion, the most dangerous time to own VIX is from 3 to 4 every day okay and i'll show you what i mean right now okay let's go back and then now we're going to look at an intraday chart of vix so this is our um, what we call the price movement profiler it's three minute bar chart each bar is three minutes all the lines are an algorithm we've written i'm not going to go over it all right now but what i wanted to show you is um this right here so now you're looking at to understand this chart, right, these lines right here show you when the day started. So this right here is one whole day, right? And then the gap down is the morning. Right here is 3 o'clock. 2.45 and 3 o'clock is right here. And you get this implosion down on Thursday. I want you to look at that and remember it if you're a VIX trader. It happens a lot of the time when VIX is up during the day. Because people have puts, they've made money, they dump their puts in the last hour, VIX gets crushed, okay? That started this, you know, what, you know, this, this rally in the S&P that spilled over into yesterday's action, okay? Um, this has absolutely no impact on the Armour Report risk monitor, so we're not changing anything there. So this is portfolio changes. Our index only is 100% cash. Our growth 
portfolio bought one stock at the end of the day yesterday. I'm going to show you that in a minute. Otherwise, it's cash. Our ETF portfolio, right? All we're going to own there is indexes and ETFs, 100% cash. Our dividend portfolio has stocks in it. <clears throat> we can go over a couple of them right now. So we carry a tremendous amount of cash. Let's just call it max cash because everybody runs a different type of portfolio. I'm not going to put 95% on it. It depends on the type of portfolio that we're running, okay? How do we use the on report to make money? These are the four portfolios. You can put together your own portfolio when you understand how aggressive or defensive these four, four portfolios are. So right now, they're maximum defensive. Here are the stocks that we own uh, in the portfolios. Okay? Um, we own uh, our pipelines. All of our pipelines we still own. In fact, um, this pays about a 7.5% yield, and it paid the dividend on Thursday. So it went ex-dividend Thursday. So it actually was up 4% the next day. We're collecting our dividend yield, and this, we entered the stock here, Right? And so we're up in principle. We keep collecting a 7.5% yield. I'll do that all day long. We still own AT&T. I think AT&T is bottom. That's a real nice dividend, 4.5%. I think AT&T goes up from here. Um, we own the pipelines, and um, we actually still own Dow Chemical in our dividend portfolio. We bought it in here, and it's actually, you know, here's a, here's a stock that doesn't know the market's down, 4.5% yield. Stocks going up. So we have some dividend stocks in the portfolio. And here's the stock that I just added to our growth portfolio at the end of the day yesterday. Okay? Livet. Now, for those of you who know the Livet story, this is a lithium company. I'm just really intrigued about this lithium. This is my favorite lithium stock, best management team, total pedigree. I think the best properties out there. Can you own other lithium names? Sure, but they're in different stages of development. This is, like I think, the leader. So, you know, Liven is to lithium what um, um, Chemico is to uranium, if you know the uranium story, okay? So, Liven's my first choice here. I'll show you my second choice in a second. But um, what really intrigues me is that Elon Musk is talking about how um, his company has to get a handle on um, the lithium supplies, and it might include, you know, taking over uh, mines, okay, literally going to the source. Then you listen to the conference call, the last earnings on Liven. Don't forget, Liven's stock was up 30% that day on earnings. So total blowout, raising guidance everywhere, um, and revealed on that call that they're having very interesting conversations with customers about changing their relationship. I don't know what that means. Obviously, it's bullish in some way. Does it mean they're going to be taken over by Tesla? I, I don't know. I have no idea. Okay? But the biggest guy in the space, Tesla, and the biggest lithium guy in the space, Liven, are talking about very interesting conversations that change the playing field. I can't help myself. I have to own a little bit of it. All right? So I've been just waiting for the opportunity so we have this on our whiteboard. You know, what are the stages? What are the stages uh, of how we run money, right? So Livent's on the whiteboard already. The algorithms just give us an entry point into Livent on Friday. So what are the risk management rules? Okay? So the algo gives the entry point Friday. And the risk management rule is very simple now. A low of Friday is the stop. The low of the bar we bought is, without a doubt, the best stop for the strategy that we run. The low of the bar we bought. It takes out that low, I'm out. Okay? And there's subtle ways I'm going to trade that. So I'm not going to reveal to everybody on YouTube, you know, how to get me out of live it. All right? There's many different ways I'm going to trade that. Okay? But the low of the bar I bought is the key to how we'll be executing our risk management rules. Let's put it that way. Okay? So we'll see how that behaves. We could get stopped out alive in a couple of times. I don't care. I protect capital first. You know why I protect capital first? Maybe this is getting annoying. 
Maybe it's getting annoying. But this is why I protect capital first. Right? I don't want to be in this position where my position is down 50% and it has to go up 100% just to break even. I don't want that. All right? So what I'm going to do is protect my capital first. And I don't care if I trade it two or three times trying to find my way back into it. I've done that repeatedly. We end up coming out on top and we protect capital. I had somebody on Twitter um, or some direct message, maybe it was an email, asking this week, how do I handle um, taxes? How do I handle taxes with something like that? You know, um, because I'm trading a lot or I'm booking a profit too quickly, I'm never getting long-term on an idea. I said, whoa, whoa, hold on a second. Some of my, my ideas are long-term, right? My dividend portfolio, I could own those stocks for a long time. I use a different strategy there. So some of my portfolio is long-term. But I will tell you that I live by a certain creed. I've been doing this over 30 years, almost 35 years, and I have never made an investing decision based on taxes. And it's very simple. This is, this is you know, the, the creed, if you will, okay? The government will always take its percentage but the market will take it all. Government will take its percentage, but the market will take it all. So I'm not going to make a decision because I don't want to pay the government. I'm not going to cut off my nose to spite my face so I can round trip an investment. Hey, great, I round tripped the investment, but I didn't pay the government. How does that help anybody? I don't make decisions that way. I never have. Okay? If the stock has to be sold to book a profit, I book a profit. If I can hold the stock because it stays above a stop, I'm going to leave it alone as long as possible. Those are my thoughts for you. All right. Um, so that's the portfolio. Not a lot of changes. Nothing going on in the risk monitor, so not going to be making big changes next week. Day trading the indexes, trading volatility. Um, we'll keep doing that every day. Although I've dramatically reduced my trading as well. Just a quick thought here. If your trading strategy was built for a risk monitor green, positive gamma, Fed adding liquidity market, and you're struggling now, it's not because the strategy is bad. Just shelve the strategy. You can use it again when the Fed changes. But for right now, right, you've got to put that aside and find a different strategy or stop trading altogether because what you're using is a tool for the long market. All right, and so for me, I've dramatically shrunk the amount of trades I do a day. I reduce the position size, okay, and I'm <clears throat> working on finding new strategies. For instance, in a bull market, we trade what we call a crazy Ivan, right? Fed's adding liquidity, risk monitor green. You've heard me say crazy Ivan, right? So the market sells off in the first two hours. We get a nice risk on entry point, and the market grinds higher all day. We get long after the crazy Ivan selling. The market goes this way, right? So now we, we dub it on our virtual hedge fund trading desk. Um, a crazy Biden, right? We're in a crazy Biden market. What happens now is the market rallies in the first two hours, and at 1130 reverses and implodes the rest of the day. And so we've been catching those shorts after the two – a rally in the first two hours. It doesn't have to be exactly 1130. Sometimes it's 11, whatever, right? But you get that rally in the morning, the rollover, and then you get the crazy Biden um, the selling. So um, I wanted to just switch to this last thought here, and then we'll get to the Q&A. How, um, how do we execute? How, do you, how to execute with the armor report, okay? So the question I'm having recently is, when do we start shorting overnight? And I say I almost never short overnight. I'll day trade short, but I don't hold shorts overnight for a whole host of psychological reasons. I think it's wrong for most people. Even when you make money short overnight, what happens is you become so in love with that process that when the market turns and starts going the other way, it becomes very hard to switch. And you're always going to make more money long the market than you will short. So there's nothing wrong with being in cash. Alpha's going through the roof because you're waiting as the market's crashing, and then you put capital to work on the long side when the market turns and the Fed's done you know, raising rates and, and all that kind of stuff. So nothing wrong with that. But if you're a more aggressive trader and you want to short, here are my thoughts for you. All right? 
first thing I want to look at is um, let's, let's go look at the Armour report here. So uh, Armour Insiders, this is, you know, you guys already know this, but for those of you who are not insiders yet, we look forward to seeing you on the trading desk. Consider joining. Um, this is behind the paywall, right? So here are basic tiles of importance, our videos, our portfolio, our whiteboard, our risk monitor. And then every morning I write the um, captain's log. So I just want to share this one with you yesterday. And of course, I'll forget, guys, you can also subscribe for free right up here. And you're going to get a note every morning, our action alerts, that includes the, uh, the captain's log and a replay of our morning meeting. So we'd love to have you on the desk for a live morning meeting, but you can subscribe here and get the replay of the morning meeting. Um, all right, right here, I just want to show you this chart right here, courtesy um, uh, of Miguel, one of our insiders, put this into the room. So this is the bear market of 1969. Notice what looks like a bit of a head and shoulders top on the market. The neckline broke right here, and then the market just was just terrible all the way down into uh, 1970. But I wanted to show you this because you can see there's a couple of spirited rallies in the decline. I think we're following a bear market type of run. I don't know if it's going to look exactly like this. I don't know if it'll bottom next year, if it bottoms sometime this year. Who, who knows? History doesn't repeat, but it certainly rhymes. Okay. So this is what a bear market looks like. I wanted to show you all what a bear market looks like because I think most people who are investing right now don't know. I mean, I wasn't even born yet in 1969. <laughs> so this is, a, this is a bear market brought on by inflation, a Fed behind the curve, a Fed raising rates, a Fed reducing liquidity. This is all the stuff we're dealing with right now. <clears throat> I, don't, I don't think most people know this. And so I think it's important we all look at it. Because even the declines that we've seen in our lifetime, a pandemic collapse is a once-in-a-lifetime thing, hopefully. And so that you can't model anything off of that six-week implosion. You have a financial crisis in 2008. You know, that, again, that's its own animal. That's not, you know, that was, that was in a deflationary environment. So if this was not a, that, that financial crisis was its own problem, and the Fed was there to, to, to come in and support the market, okay? Um, the, the collapse of 2000, right, the tech bubble burst. Okay, that was a bubble burst, but it's nothing like an inflation-induced, Fed behind the curve, soul-crushing bear market. And you, you've got to, I think, change your mind. So you start to, you know, at least exercise your brain to realize I'm in a different environment. How do we uh, deal with it? So it, I think a bear market will look something like the 1969 bear market, okay? And so let's get to how do we, um, will we be shorting? Um, will we be shorting the market? So I never short the market at the beginning of the breakdown because while this head and shoulders looks great, it doesn't have to work out that way. The whole thing could break out and you don't want to be short. All right. Now that the, now that the acceleration down begins, I will take shorts and hold them in aggressive portfolios overnight, but not at this stage. If you look at that chart from the 1969 bear market, there, there are these, I don't know, two to four week rallies right up to a downtrend line. And that's when you put the short out. When you get back up to that downtrend line, when the news cycle changes from desperation to hope. When everybody on CNBC, you know, maybe 90% of them start telling you the bottom is in, the Fed's caught up, everything's okay, and the market's right up into the downtrend, right up into the overhead. That's when we start looking for positional shorts. Okay? So not putting the position on now. But I could see putting a short on after the S&P rallies back up to a downward sloping 50-day moving average, or the 200-day, which is up here, but probably the 50-day. Now that the 50, which is the black line, has crossed below the, the, the green line, which is the 200, 
okay? These are exponential. This is the standard 200-day, okay? Now that that's occurred, what I'll look for are rallies back to the 50, and if they reverse, boom, that's when you would put your short on, okay? And things that I'll use are, I might, you know, use the inverse ETFs, which it can go long, you know, uh, inverse ETFs of indexes that give you the opposite, or, or you could just short outright, or there'll be put strategies we might put in place, and you can join us on the trading desk, and we'll go over them at the time that we're doing them, all right? So those are my thoughts for today. I hope you find them helpful. Any questions you may have, let's dive right in and answer them. Fill up the board if you've got any thoughts for me. All right. Deb, how are you? Nice to see you. Okay, Devin. Uh, thoughts on Devin, thoughts on CVE. Let's take a look. All right. Uh, CVE looks good. Devin. Devin's one of our favorite, Deb. It's one of our favorite. It's just in this unbelievable uptrend. And I was staring at that before I came on today because one of our um, uh, – Certified armor analyst, uh, Erez, you've seen him on here before. Uh, and he's just been pounding the table on energy. And he, he shared this chart, which I really thought was interesting and I wanted to share with you guys. Okay. Um, he shared this chart on our virtual trading desk. So here's the weighting of technology. It's still up around 28% of the S&P is technology. And energy is only 4.4%. I mean, it's up from 2%, but it's only 4.4%. I wanted to share with you the fact that in the 70s, energy went to a weighting of more than 30% of the S&P. There is so much more to go in energy. By the time this bear market's over, I think this chart will be inverted. Will technology get down to 2%? Probably not. But will these lines cross like they almost did here back in 08? I bet they do. I bet they do, which is a spirited rally from here. Ah, excuse me. Sorry. So that's a spirited rally from here, Deb. So I like your energy ideas, okay? Devin's one of my favorites. Do I just throw in the towel eventually and buy Devin and use the 50-day moving averages to stop? I might. It's got a big fat dividend yield, and it's a great idea, okay? I just, what I'm waiting for, you know, what I'm looking for, and I was just staring at this today because the, the ETF XLE is a way to go. Here's a nice consolidation on the big cap energy stocks. And we could use the 50-day moving average as the stop. We could do that. It's not my favorite pattern. I wanted to move back down to the 200-day, but I may not get it. You know, I look at XOP, which is like Devin is in XOP. These are, these are all the EMP companies in the U.S. That's a terrible three-bar reversal on the whole ETF, the whole group. Then they rallied, and then they failed. So, I'm looking for a move in EMP down to the uptrend, down to the 200-day moving average. And that's when I really want to get involved in energy. But I may not get that lucky. And it's possible I start dipping my toe in the water. And if I dip it, it's going to be XLE, XOP, Devin. I'm going to keep it very tight to only my favorite names and probably, um, probably my favorite drilling stock, which will be HP. Okay, position sizing will be key, Deb, so that we don't go overboard in any of these names. I'm trying Liven. I want to see if I can make some money in a commodity name. If I can start making some money, even as the market's going down, then I can get a little exposure into my portfolio. But I'm going to have to keep my allocation small. I don't think I would put more than 30% of my capital to work unless the risk monitor goes green. So if I had a growth-only portfolio, that would mean 70% cash, 30% invested. And that 30% would be energy stocks or unique situations like the lithium names. You know? 
All right, take a chance on rig. Yeah, because AT&T is already done, Festeroso getting beat up. That's why I own it in the dividend portfolio. It's over. It's done. They did the spinoff. They cut the dividend. I'm going to collect 4.5% yield from AT&T. Um, the stock may go up in here as people hide money. That's just a no-brainer. Okay, so that, that's why I've, I've got there. So I like the idea of rig, but like I said, first of all, the pattern's blown up. All right, so that doesn't look good anymore. The pattern blew up. And if I'm going to dip my toe into the water, I'm going to go with the number one drilling company in the space every single cycle, uh, my favorite name, and that's HP. If I can start making money in HP, maybe I go after rig. All right? I feel your question. Oh, oh Festeroso, I, 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 I'm sorry to hear that. But I did want to talk to, today, and I hope I got this point across earlier, that it's not over, okay? I've blown up my portfolio more than once in my last 30, you know, my 30 plus year career, 35 year career, okay? And I've come out of it every time and it's made me a better investor each time, okay? And then I finally got to the point where I execute this strategy over and over again and I don't blow up, you know? Um, if anything, my weakness is I don't make enough money on the upside when it runs. So I'm still working on that part. So as an investor, we're always trying to improve ourselves. Okay? So don't lose heart and don't dwell on it anymore. It's already happened. So start making the right decisions next. What's your next decision? Start making the right decisions. China and lockdown, ITI still above 110. Your thoughts on it? I've been long and didn't chase. 321 looking surreal. I'm not sure what your 321 means. But um, Marathon Oil and CVX. I still own CVX as well in a dividend portfolio I bought years ago. <laughs> um, God, it looks like I should be buying CVX again right here. And that's, of course, XLE. You're... You're, you're, you're showing me charts that represent XLE. So one way to do it is to just buy the ETF XLE. Um, I owned Exxon, and I booked a profit in Exxon, and now I'm thinking I need to buy Exxon back, okay? So when it skyrocketed in here, I said, hey, I just made a lot of money on Exxon. I booked a profit there. And now it's made this big pattern. I think I should be buying it back. I, I, I probably should be buying back Chevron. I, actually, I still own it in my dividend portfolio, but I'm wondering if I should add it. Um, with a low of the 50-day. So here's the three-bar sell-off that was so ugly, but it's holding up. Now, if it comes out of here, you're looking at a high-tight pennant. So Chevron, Exxon, MRO. I mean, I'm looking at VLO. You think, you think oh, Valero is just a runaway. I can't get into Valero. But I'm very close, guys, to adding an allocation of, of energy um, back into my growth portfolio and back into my um, ETF portfolio. So I might add XOP and XLE into the ETF portfolio. You know, um, AMLP, those are the three ETFs I would hold from an energy point of view. And then maybe add um, a couple of these uh, uh, names to my growth portfolio. A lot of complacency in the market right now. A lot of people calling bottoms and buying dips. The Fed isn't going to bail out the market. And Jason, you're absolutely right. That's, that's my opinion as well. And I don't think the market really bottoms until the opposite is true. There'll just be despair and everyone telling you, you know, sell every rip and blah, blah, blah. That's when we'll be getting close to the bottom. You know, it's so true, Jason. I, I still feel all of those conversations. Is this the beginning of the rally? It's like, it's possible the market can always rally back up to the 50-day moving average. And so I'm going to try to get those trades on a day trading level. But when we get to the 50-day and we get to all the overhead, that's where I'm going to be looking to short. And, and, and I imagine when I'm looking to short, it'll be right into headlines and CNBC talking heads about how the bottom is in and the Fed's caught up. And, oh, here's my favorite. It'll be... Um, the market's already priced in the Fed rate increases, right? That's, that's the talk that'll be going on right when I'm shorting. 
Hey, good morning, Mo. How are you? Do you think we have a bottom and cross? Oh, jeez. Do we have any more potential uplay? Okay, so I just answered your XLE question. I think I probably should be buying that. Okay, so I'm looking at the Arma Algo and asking, is it going to give me a risk on entry point off of this type of a pattern, which is really a, a high tight pennant with a little disruption right in here as the market was cratering, right? And so it's making another pennant. What, what, dis what disturbs me about this pattern is this, is this right here, okay? Th this is a classic, you know, rising wedge is what's going on now, all right? That's a rising wedge. So can it blow out the top side? It can, but typically that ends up like this. That, that's my only problem there. So if I get long, you better be you better be sure I'm out of this thing if it takes out the low of the 50-day moving average, really the low of two days ago, not yesterday's low, but the, the low of two days ago. Although, you know, if I were to get long Monday, it would be the low of, of yesterday. I don't want to hold it as it closes the gap. If I bought this Monday, the low of Friday would be the stop. Look at the volume on everything that was happening Friday. No volume. And don't forget right now, we have a lead indicator in Bitcoin. Bitcoin's leading the market or in lockstep with the market. And Bitcoin trades 24 hours a day, right? So Bitcoin's back down now below, was it 29 to 28,000, somewhere in that area again. Um, this is just the ETF of Bitcoin. So what I'm really looking for, guys, you know, look, I know we're excited about energy, but if you look at these patterns, they're really not attractive. So I have to be willing to miss an up stock. I can't force myself into a position because of the fundamental opinion we all have that energy has to go up. It, it doesn't have to go up. And when there's a bear market that's ugly enough, everything gets dragged down. And so what we want to do is buy the weakness into things not by strength because they're up on Friday on no volume. So when I look at these patterns and when I look at the Armour Algo for ETFs, they're not giving me buy signals at this point. So the only reason why I put money in these things is because we fundamentally like the idea. How has that been treating you in the last 12, 24 months? Buying something because you fundamentally like the idea. How has that worked? Yeah, I missed Merck. I missed Merck. And I don't pay up for things, Saber, and you know that. You know, this is the entry on Merck. I looked at it. It was a double bottom. I didn't pull the trigger, and now I'm kicking myself. So I can't do anything about Merck. Pfizer is interesting. Pfizer is making a double bottom on the 200-day moving average. Pfizer is getting interesting again. We owned Pfizer on this desk. We made money twice trading it. Now it's all the way back here making a double bottom. Merck has skyrocketed. Bristol-Myers is through the roof. LL, Eli Lilly. Eli Lilly looks great. Well, i got to get my pen and paper out so I can remember these things for tomorrow, for Monday. LLY and PFE are my favorite two looking. I forgot about that. Lena's been all over. Lilly keeps talking about it. She's right. Nice rectangular breakout pullback sitting on top of the 50-day moving average. There's an idea. I can't chase Merck. OLN. Yeah, OLN is an interesting looking pattern, right? I like that. I'm going to put that on the list. Saber, you're an insider, so we can go over this. Maybe we'll listen to the conference call OLN on Monday morning and try to get a beat on why the stock looks so good. Yeah, time to look at Lockheed Martin again. Is it the bottom of the pennant? So it's got potential there if we had a risk on buy signal. You know, we'll look at the armor algo and see if it gives us an entry point. Oh, thanks a lot, Saber. Glad it glad it hit home. KC, good morning. Amazing work as always. Thanks for the valued insight. Thank you for that thought. I appreciate it. Jump on the call late. 
but thoughts on charts of Oxy and Zim. Go Rangers! Go Rangers! Yeah, man! That's two games in a row where we were down by two goals in the first period and came back to win it. Come on. All right. Let's look at Zim and Era's favorite and a chart pattern to boot. Don't forget, this gap down is actually a huge dividend payment. So this chart doesn't look as bad as you might think it looks. That's just a big dividend. It went, it went X dividend that day. All the way down to the 200-day, all the way on top of support, make it a nice little pattern. Zim, Zim is definitely a good-looking uh, stock right here. And OXY goes along with our XLE, you know, our XLE idea. These stocks might work here. I just, I don't know if I'm chasing them. All right, guys, this has been uh, lots of fun. As always, anybody else have a question, I'm happy to go at it. Otherwise, let's take a break. Let's go grab some lunch. Have a great weekend. Everybody, you know, enjoy your time off and get your head right so that we're ready to um, ready to go out this Monday morning, 8.30, for the live morning meeting. Guys, get subscribed to the Armor Report, armrreport.com. Don't forget to hit the like button. Reshare this video if you find out that you thought it was helpful. Share it with your friends. And let's build our virtual hedge fund trading floor. The more smart minds we get together, the better we are at this. All right? So I'll see you guys on the flip side. Have a great weekend. Thank mm-hmm. you.